Dr. Roy Church's 30 years of service as president of Lorain County Community College, the Lorain County Community College Foundation created the Roy and Bobby Church Visionary Leadership Institute in 2016 to bring the nation's top thought leaders into our community. This podcast is a continuation of that mission. On today's episode, we have Terrence Mowry. Terrence is an Inc. Magazine writer, award-winning author, global keynote speaker, and one of the most exciting new business thinkers in the world who challenges leaders to own the future rather than be disrupted by it. His thinking has featured in The Economist, Forbes, Reuters, HuffPost, CNN, and Wired, and he has been described as an influential and outspoken expert on the future of leadership by Thinkers50, the global ranking company of the top 50 management thinkers in the world. Terrence, welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure to join you today, Matthew. So since this is the Visionary Leadership Institute podcast, our first question will be, how would you define a visionary leader? What a great question. I believe that data is not the new oil. I think attention is the new oil. Attention to context setting, attention to saying goodbye to the status quo, attention to unlearning the always done ways that have gone off like yogurt in the fridge, and attention to vision, which I define as leading from the future. It's a future that's inclusive, sustainable, resilient, and focuses not just on profit maximization, but human maximization. Vision is about elevating what makes us more human. And the pandemic has poked holes in leadership and talent models. How do we harness this disruption and be visionary and create a new way of thinking? Over the last two years, everything changed. People changed, priorities changed, the way we work changed, the office changed. And so the question we should all think about is, do we watch the world change around us or will we be the ones leading and co-creating the future? And I think a critical part of this is unlearning the always done ways. As the rate of change accelerates, the rate of unlearning should also accelerate. And so a question for our listeners to think about is, when's the last time you unlearn something? We have a brain bias. We're very good at adding complexity, but we're not very good at subtraction or doing things in a more augmented way. So this would be a key takeaway. A key takeaway would be, what was the last thing that you unlearned? And are there any examples of things that maybe we should focus on unlearning? I love this question. And I've recently been involved in some research at MIT where we looked at one of the biggest barriers to performance and biggest barriers to leadership. The research shows that we're spending too much time on shallow work, so low value, low contribution, automated routines, at the expense of deep work, deep leadership, which is higher value, higher contribution, higher meaning. It damages productivity, engagement levels. We're suffering from record levels of burnout or bore out. It's a new word for everyone to think about today. Bore out is the opposite of burnout. It's when you have cognitive underload. There was a situation, a case study in Paris, where an employee managed to sue their employer for over 100,000 euros for bore out. And so we need to guard ourselves against this. But uh, in terms of a great example of unlearning, it would be too many meetings. Hands up for those listening today. If you spend too much of your valuable time and energy in too many meetings, The research also shows that I'm working on that back-to-back meetings, Zoom meetings, MS team meetings has almost doubled. We're cramming more meetings about meetings as we used to before the pandemic. And that's a problem because we pay a big leadership tax, a cognitive tax, 
every time we spend another hour in a meeting, we have less time to focus on higher value work and serving the purpose. So doing less meetings is a great unlearning strategy. And the research that I'm involved in showed that reducing the number of meetings, actually having one or two days a week of no meetings, increased focus, productivity, resilience by over six times, 6x. So I want everybody to think about all the parts of your day. What's the ratio difference between the amount of time and energy you have on shallow work versus deep work? It's probably not a ratio that you're happy with. A quick win is to think about doing less meetings, attending less meetings and having less meetings. And we mentioned unlearning, having less meetings. How else can we create and thrive for a better future? I think we need to prioritize our well-being. As you said right at the beginning, the pandemic, and now we have a cost of living crisis, global energy crisis. In fact, the Nobel laureate economist, Noria Rabini, talks about a trilemma of debt, of supply chain crisis, of energy crisis, of pandemics. And this is creating record levels of anticipatory anxiety. We're worried about the future. We're worried about jobs. We're worried about automation. And this affects our well-being. So I would say that one of the key imperatives for this year and beyond is to not just talk about well-being, but be deliberate and thoughtful about how you are protecting your attention and putting your well-being first. That means reflection. It means refueling. It also means having a digital detox. Everybody's suffering from digital overload, digital obesity. Too much information leads to a poverty of well-being. And so taking a digital break, prioritizing rest and renewal, spending more time with family, and spending more time doing what you love is really important. Emerging research coming out of MIT as well, where I'm working, shows that you need to have a baseline of at least 20% of what you do every day needs to be work that you love. If it's less than 20%, you're at higher risk of burnout and overload. There's got to be at least 20% of what you do has to be work that you love. And what advice would you give a new leader who's navigating the unknown? So someone who just started in a leadership position, they don't have to unlearn as much, but what would you recommend that the actions that they take? Uncertainty is the new certainty. The future arrives faster than ever before. And I want to say to anybody listening, whether you're a new leader or an established leader, is that in this world of ambiguity and volatility and turbulence, not taking a risk is a risk. In fact, Risk and reward travel in the same elevator. If you're a new leader, I would suggest that you go big on context setting, go big on direction setting, and go big on questions. Questions are the answer. Questions are like the golden key that can unlock the door and help you see the world differently. Questions can help you reduce uncertainty and give you more clarity on what the world looks like. So what questions do you want to be remembered for this year? What's the boldest question you're going to ask? So I would suggest that when you're operating at the edge of uncertainty, questioning is a really great tool. New types of questions, new questions to old problems, new questions to new problems. Questions are a clarifier, they're a simplifier, they're an energizer, and they're a great way of kickstarting your leadership journey. What questions do you want to be remembered for? I love that question in in itself. So, uh, In your book, The 3D Leader, you mentioned the importance of thinking like a startup. Uh, Why is this so important for both entrepreneurs and for leaders? Everybody's talking about 
agility. In fact, like most words, it becomes a buzzword and loses its clarity and its specificity. Remember, today is the slowest it will ever be in our lifetime. Now, depending on your personality type, that's either exciting and exhilarating or terrifying. We've all got to think and act like startups. And that means a couple of things. It means the curiosity to learn and the courage to unlearn. Learning helps you evolve. Unlearning helps you keep up as the world evolves. And what I say is, think like a startup and don't underestimate the huge power of thinking like a kid. At the age of four, a kid has incredible ability. In fact, 96% of children are able to generate multiple possibilities and creativity tests. By the age of 24, it's 4%. Most of that curiosity and courage has been educated out of us. Here's the challenge. As we enter a phase of automation, of acceleration, of automation, a lot of the jobs that we're doing or parts of the job are going to be automated, especially the repetitive parts of our job. It's really important to focus on what makes us more human because actually it's there that it's more difficult to automate. I'm talking about imagination, intelligence, compassion, empathy. This is where we need to dial up. This is where we need to go big in a really courageous way. And so thinking like a startup means iterative. It means a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset. It means career ladders. It means career climbing walls, rather, not just career ladders. And it means being open to possibility, being open to wonder, and asking yourself this very important question, which is a characteristic of thinking like a startup and thinking like a kid. When's the last time you learned something for the first time? And you mentioned the growth mindset. So some of our listeners may not be familiar with that terminology. Could you define growth mindset in, in your terms? Yes. Important question. Carol Dweck, professor at Harvard, has done a lot of research looking at two types of pivotal mindsets, a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. For clarity, a fixed mindset means that we defend the status quo. It's really like a culture and a mindset of conformity. A mindset of conformity and a culture of conformity, a fixed culture, rejects ideas that challenge the status quo. On the other hand, a growth mindset is the opposite. A growth mindset welcomes ideas that challenge the status quo. A growth mindset is about speak up over silence. It's about courage over fear. It's about saying goodbye to the status quo. And you can't outpace these forces of disruption, technology disruption, workforce disruption, economic disruption by playing it safe. Choosing bold, choosing growth, a growth mindset is all about curiosity, the curiosity to learn and the courage to unlearn. And for me, it's in a very human way. It's about feeling more alive, more vitality. I recently spent some time with a hundred-year-old lady who loves to learn. She was born in 1922. And she was born in a very difficult decade after the First World War, the Spanish flu, which killed over 50 million people. But she loves to learn. And at the age of 83, she decided to attend university and do a three-year bachelor's degree in English. And then she decided to do a master's. And when she graduated, she was twice as old as the professor. And for her 100th birthday, she had a family meeting and she announced to the family that she was going to do a parachute jump, which she did three times. And when I interviewed her, I said, what's your secret? And she said to me, in life, you've got a choice. You're a learner, a knower. And I think the important takeaway there is, it's very easy to fall into a fixed mindset trap or what's known as the baseline fallacy. The baseline fallacy is where we assume 
that what we're doing will serve the future. We can continue with the always done ways, which sometimes we can until it's too late and then it's difficult to catch up. In this world where everything is accelerating, it's a moment now of liminality. It's a moment to actually learn and experiment and be more iterative. And that's actually a great place to be. It means following your curiosity. It means getting closer to work, the, closer to work that you love, passion projects, and really making an impact in a very inclusive, sustainable way. So now, uh, do you have any final thoughts or advice for our listeners? I would say if there's one final call to action for this year, make this a year of radical action. Why? Because leadership is never finished. Transformation is never finished. Learning is never finished. Culture is never finished. Make this the year of courage of heart and boldness of ideas. And I'll leave you with the words of the famous Nobel laureate chemist Marie Curie. She said, in life, Nothing is to be feared, only understood. And the more we understand, the less we will fear. That is amazing. Thank you for being on the podcast. I would an like honor. To Thank you for inviting me. That both you and Dr. Church, Dr. Roy Church, who is the visionary behind the whole Visionary Leadership Institute, mentioned that leadership is a job that is never done. So that's a common yes, theme. Very true. So far. All right. Thank you once again. Thank you, Matthew.